0: happening, guys. We're joining you on Facebook Live, also on Periscope, and as well as YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Pete Mundo, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will now get you all lined up and recap another really good weekend of college football in the Big 12 Conference. Let's get things going, and we're brought to you by betnow.eu, promo code heartland for a 100% sign-up bonus. The picks actually went pretty well this week, 3-2, Hit the first two games, West Virginia minus three and a half, and also hit Oklahoma State minus 16 and a half, although I sweated that one out. Lost the uh, Texas-Kansas State game. I had Texas minus eight. The fact that Texas is up 19-0, can't cover that game, still drives me nuts. Baylor-OU, went with Baylor, a mistake there, and then the night game, I had uh, Iowa State covering that by double digits. That was the easiest pick of the weekend, I thought. So three and two, join us, betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND, a 100% sign-up bonus, and we appreciate you guys joining us and being a part of the show. So let's take a look back now on week five in the Big 12. First off, there's a couple of things that I think we should be touching on here for the conference. While OU is still the cream of the crop, clearly in the Big 12, in terms of which team is most likely to win and get to the college football playoff, there's suddenly a couple of teams that are looking very, very competitive and very strong in teams that could potentially give Oklahoma some trouble. We'll get to that throughout the show, but let's look at yesterday's games. First off the morning games, West Virginia on the road in Lubbock against Texas tech. And as you were following and maybe watching that game, you're like, all right, here's West Virginia. They're ready to roll over Texas tech. They're going to take care of business I'm 28, 7, after the first quarter, and then Alan Bowman goes out. Now, I don't think there should be a quarterback controversy at Texas Tech. I would not make a change from Alan Bowman. The only reason I think Jet Duffy was able to mount the comeback that he did was because of the fact that – He's a running quarterback. It's not what West Virginia's defense was prepared for. It's not what they were ready for. So I think that's mostly what was going on there with uh, with West Virginia's defense. They were ready for a pocket passer and an Allen Bowman. Then they got a running quarterback, a dual-threat guy in Jet Duffy. But Jet Duffy's going to throw a million interceptions at Tech if he's ever given the starting job. So I don't believe that Tech should be making any changes at quarterback, assuming Bowman is healthy. I would not be making any changes at that quarterback position. A lot of West Virginia fans are bothered by how yesterday's second half went, and I understand some of the reasoning behind that. That being said, I thought the play calling from Jake Spavitol, he took the foot off the pedal just a little bit unnecessarily. I don't know why he seemed to back off on that second half. I mean, it was working beautifully in the first half, bombs away. Why stop doing that? I didn't fully understand the game plan there. I wasn't understanding what he was going for there. But that's what got West Virginia in the most amount of trouble, I think. I don't think it was really about, um, you know, Texas Tech. I thought it was more about what West Virginia didn't do. They were playing it too safe. And you never play it too safe when you're on the road in Big 12 play and you're going up against Cliff Kingsbury, who can put points up on the board. I don't see any reason to be doing that or going down that road. So I believe that was more of the issue yesterday. If I'm a West Virginia fan, am I concerned that maybe they haven't put a full game together yet? Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I can understand a little bit why that might be the case. But still, this is clearly a team that's going to be competing near the top of the Big 12. will be in the Big 12 championship discussion come the end of the year. And... That's, that's all that I look at it as for West Virginia. So I'm not too concerned with how that second half went from the Mountaineer standpoint. From the Texas Tech standpoint, you know, our own Derek Duke wrote about this on heartlandcollegesports.com. The fact that he was at the game yesterday. The fact that so many Texas Tech fans bailed on their team, just left the game at halftime. That is not a good look. I know they were getting blown out at that point, but where's the support for your team? You're in the top 25. I realize you, you know, you're down big and it's not looking good, but you can't even give it till the third quarter to see what happens. That was disappointing to me when I saw that from Texas Tech. And Derek Duke wrote wrote about that on, uh, on the site yesterday as well, because he saw it firsthand. So, I don't know if the Tech fan is just kind of looking at yesterday as, oh, here we go. We get off to a 3 and one start, and now we kind of stumble our way through the rest of the season. The fact that that team showed fight yesterday that they did down 20-some-odd points, that's on Kingsbury. These guys did not quit on him. They didn't. And that's something that, you know, should be noted and is something that I think um, Tech fans should be proud of. I know there's no moral victories, but Texas Tech, I still think, is in a pretty good spot here moving forward. The other game of the morning was Oklahoma State at uh, Kansas. And Kansas being back to being Kansas, for the most part, not being very good at football. Now, Oklahoma State had a rough week. They lost the game last week to Texas Tech. They had the Jalen McCleskey transfer news. Then they also find themselves in a situation where Mike Gundy is telling the media, you can't ask about Jalen McCleskey to the players, which was a ridiculous notion, embarrassing. And yesterday he tried to defend it. First off, he denied the message that was sent to the media that had they asked any players about Jalen McCleskey, he would have either pulled their credentials or limited their access to the players throughout the rest of the season. He denied he was able, he he said that message. He also denied that that's something he could ever really do. Well, that's ridiculous. You know and I know that these college football coaches, they run the show on campus. They are the guys who call the shots. And the idea that Mike Gundy can't get uh, uh, credentials revoked and the idea that Mike Gundy cannot limit the players to speaking to the media is ridiculous so I don't know what's up Mike Gundy's ass but clearly something is and he's got to take it out because his team frankly is going to have a few more issues the rest of this season Taylor Cornelius is good but he's not Mason Rudolph and too many times yesterday he's throwing the deep ball and they're drawing up these plays as if he's Mason Rudolph and he's not his wide receivers, Tylen Wallace and, and Tyron Johnson, bailed him out time and time again yesterday. I mean, we saw that over and over and over again where, where uh, Cornelius is either overthrowing the ball or underthrowing the ball, and he's got his wide receivers. Bailing him out with these fantastic catches, yes, he did have some nice throws, but this guy 's not mason Rudolph, and they 're drawing up plays on some of these deep balls, like he is mason rudolph and i don 't understand why Mason Rudolph threw a beautiful deep ball taylor cornelius doesn 't he just doesn 't and Mike Yursich, the one good thing he did yesterday is he remembered that he has Justice Hill as his starting running back. The guy got 31 carries a week after getting 12 last, uh, last week against Texas Tech. So good job, Mike Yurcich, remembering that you had the best running back in the Big 12 Conference. Nice job there, buddy. So be sure to join us on Facebook Live comment there. Also on Periscope and YouTube as well. So if you join the conversation, we'll discuss whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, But Oklahoma State getting that win. Darian Daniels, big defensive tackles done for the rest of the season. Disappointing there. A bit of a surprise as well that he is done. The season is over. He could redshirt since he's a senior. He hasn't used it yet. And with this new four-game rule, he could be back in 2019. So Mike Gundy said yesterday he had not considered whether or not he was going to do that or not, but we'll be keeping tabs on that as well as the the days go on. Afternoon games, Texas-Kansas State. Let's start there with that game because Texas jumps out to a nice 19-0 lead. And I was feeling very, very good about my Texas minus eight pick, but in typical K-State fashion, they do just enough to get back into the game and they blow that touchdown, by the way, at the end of the first half, which who knows how the game would have turned differently had they actually scored that touchdown. Adam Harder, the tight end, with absolute stone hands on that play. I mean, geez, he looked like he had, he had uh, two left hands or whatever it was trying to catch that ball. It's like, how is that guy even allowed to be uh, in a position to catch a football? I mean, it just basically hit two hands like they were bricks or something. That was horrible. That was pathetic. Anyway... Texas can't get anything going offensively in the second half. They do just enough defensively. And the story after the game is the fact that Bill Snyder, who made the change to Alex Delton, that was his call to go with Alex Delton, at quarterback. And and then, of course, they switched back to Skylar Thompson, I believe it was, at halftime yesterday. Thompson looked far – oh, there we go on Periscope. Sorry, guys. Thompson looked far superior to anything that – that Bill Snyder had seen from Alex Delton. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was not even close in terms of what Skylar Thompson did over Alex Delton yesterday. But still, that didn't affect Bill Snyder after the game when he came out and he said, you know what? Skylar played well. He didn't say Skylar played better than Alex Delton when asked. He also didn't let either quarterback address the media, which is possible how it's going to be the rest of the season. That's a bad job by Bill Snyder. He also said both players are going to play next week. This guy is entering angry, ignorant, scroogey, old man territory. Uh, His grasp on reality is simply not there anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, he looked horrible. And the fact is that Bill Snyder has got to be able to admit when he's wrong if he had started Skylar Thompson for that whole game yesterday, who knows? Who knows how that game would have played out? Maybe K-State would have pulled off the win. I, I don't know. But all I do know is that Skylar Thompson was a hell of a lot better than anything Alex Dalton was doing yesterday. And Bill Snyder could not admit as much after the game. And that's a problem. That is a major problem for this team and for this program. And you got a head coach who just, just stubborn. I mean, just being a stubborn old man, I'm sorry. It's it's not a good scene for Kansas State right now. So that was the biggest storyline coming out of that for me. Um, on Facebook Live, would you rather have Greer or Murray? Jeez, that's a hell of a question. You know what? You know what I'd rather have? I'd rather have Lincoln Riley calling plays for either guy. Because I think Kyler Murray's really good. But, geez, Lincoln Riley is – and I we already knew this. But what he's now doing with Kyler Murray after doing this with Baker Mayfield, gosh, the guy's an offensive genius. I don't want to cop out, but if you put a gun in my head, if I got to win a game, I'm going Will Greer. And that's simply because I think he's more accurate with his passes. I think he throws a better deep ball. Um, Yes, Kyler Murray can give you that dual threat ability. If I need three yards, who do I want a quarterback? Kyler Murray because of the fact that his legs give me the option to get those three yards which will Greer's 10 but not nearly as well so for one game I'll take Greer for a third and four late in the game I'll take Kyler Murray how's that for an answer I don't want I don't mean to cop out but that's that's my answer for that one right there Um, the other 230 game Oklahoma and Baylor so the Sooners yesterday the Sooners bounced back in a big way against Baylor and the in the Geez, Baylor is still trying to figure out how to tackle. I think I see a couple of guys out here in Kansas City with uh, green and white on trying to learn how to tackle. I mean, these guys, they couldn't tackle for their lives yesterday. It was pathetic. I, I, we knew that Baylor's defense was going to be a problem. And we know that Oklahoma's got a fantastic and explosive offense. We know all those things. We really do. But my goodness – 63 points if you told me that Baylor was going to score what 33 yesterday and they would not cover the spread of 23 and a half that I had him at I would have said holy cow something went really wrong and that's exactly what it was I mean it did go really wrong yesterday for the uh, for the Baylor Bears on defense and that's more concerning than a lot of other things that Matt Rule has going on there I like Charlie Brewer uh, I like the offensive weapons that are around him from Mills to Hurd to Hasty, uh, but the offensive line is still a work in progress. I mean, he got crushed on a couple of plays did Charlie Brewer in the backfield and potentially could have had a couple more turnovers. He avoided as much yesterday as well. So those are the, still the concerns for me with Baylor. But if I'm a Baylor fan, don't Turn on that rule. I don't think people realize how difficult this job is, how difficult this turnaround is that he's being a part of. So um, I, sh- I just I want to give Matt rule his time. He's recruited very well. He's proven at different levels. He's a good head coach. So I still believe in that rule, and I don't think Baylor fans realize how big of a rebuild this is, um, especially in a conference where you play at a round-robin, just ask Kansas. It's much tougher to rebuild when you play a round-robin schedule because it's not like some years are easier than others to end up, you know, picking up five or six wins versus three and four. You're playing the same nine teams every year. That makes it much more difficult, much more difficult to try to go out there and really turn around the program by improving your win total each and every season. It, it does. It just does. So uh, OU of course bouncing back. And that's what I said earlier this week where normally I would have thought this might be a trap game for the Sooners week before playing Texas, obviously their biggest rival of the season. But when you need to take army to overtime to win that game, you're not resting on your laurels the following week. Even if it is a Baylor team, you're favored by more than three touchdowns against. So that's, uh, that was how that game went yesterday. Kyler Murray accounting for, what, six, seven touchdowns. He's in the Heisman conversation. He should be. He will be. Greer's in there as well. But Kyler Murray's stock is rising fast. And with college game day heading to Dallas this weekend, of course, that puts extra emphasis on this game. Both teams are ranked for the first time in six years in the Red River rivalry. So that's something as well that uh, if Kyler Murray has – I'm not going to say he's going to have a game like last week. Obviously, Texas's defense is much better than what Baylor brings to the table. But still, it goes to show you that – If you have that huge game in a rivalry matchup where the whole country is watching, there's a lot of value there, and that will boost your Heisman stock. Will Greer has not had that moment on the national stage yet because they haven't played that game on the national stage yet. But we'll see what happens here this week when OU plays Texas, because it's going to be by far the best defense that's, Kyler Murray has seen this season, not even close. Curtis writing on Facebook Live, uh, Texas did not impress me. I still don't believe they're back. I don't know what back is anymore with Texas. I mean, what does back mean? You know, I, I, I think Texas is a good football team. Yeah, the offense was still stagnant at times yesterday. And the defense is very good. I don't know what back is for Texas anymore. I mean, when they win 10 games, I guess that's when we'll call them back. The most frustrating part for Texas is that they're playing really good football. They should be 5-0. This team should be in the top 10, which they would be had they not lost the opening season or opening week to Maryland, and they've been undefeated right now. They would be probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range with West Virginia. That's where they'd be. So that's the most frustrating part because that Maryland loss, people are arguing this with me on – Every platform we do this on, written, YouTube, Facebook Live, Periscope, saying, well, that Texas loss to Maryland is not going to hold them back. Yeah, it is. It's going to hold the whole conference back as well. It's going to affect the entire Big 12 if Texas starts knocking off teams left and right and they still have this loss to Maryland hanging over their heads. People are going to scratch their head and wonder why the hell that happened, and it's going to be a poor indictment on the Big 12 conference. Gosh. That's that's why that game matters. And yeah, it's not like that was some warm-up game. It wasn't a preseason game. It counted. And Tom Herman did not get his guys to show up against Maryland for a second straight year. Yes, Curtis pointing out as well, Texas plays up and down the competition. That's a problem. It's great to play up the competition, but when you play down the competition, like Tom Herman seems to do at times with his teams dating back to Houston, you have a problem on your hands. The last two years, Texas – has played OU to five points, which of course they covered the spread in each of those two games. They won it back in 2015. It's going to be really interesting to see how this week goes and how these two teams uh, battle it out in Dallas, which of course we're all going to be following. College game day is going to be there and it's going to be a, a heck of a turnout, heck of a game as well. Thanks for joining us. We're on Periscope. We're also on Facebook Live and YouTube. So join the conversation. Any comments, questions that you have, toss them in there and um, we are going to continue here on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. We're brought to you by betnow.eu. Promo code HEARTLAND when you deposit for a 100% sign-up bonus. It helps us out, so we appreciate that. If, you, uh, if you're into it, we're placing our Big 12 bets there. Went 3-2 and two yesterday on the picks. So, yeah, there we go. The night game, Iowa State and TCU. TCU has its hands full with Sean Robinson in the sense that he's, you see the potential every week, but you also see the mistakes and the mistakes. That's what's starting to bother me with Sean Robinson. That's where I'm struggling here with the fact that he's got six interceptions all coming in the second half. That's not good. It's just not good. Throwing yesterday in the triple coverage on that last interception. I mean, What's he thinking with some of these passes? And it's great that he's got all the confidence in the world, and, you know, we sit there and we say, ah, you know, Sean, he just rubs it, rolls right off his shoulder. That's all well and good, but I'm sorry. At some point, he's got to be held accountable. And I'm not saying you bench him, but (sighs) Gary Patterson's got to try to get it through his head that I don't need you throwing in the triple coverage downfield as we're trying to win a game late in the second half. There's no reason to be doing that. Just don't do it. Don't do it. But they get out of there with the win. I thought Iowa State plus 10.5 was the easiest pick on the board in the Big 12 this week. I, I just thought that was a no-brainer for uh, for a pick just because it was going to be low scoring. Both defenses are good. Iowa State desperate for a win they didn't pull it off. Jack asking is Iowa State's 1-3 record reflective of the team? I think they're better than that. I do, too. I think that's why a lot of people were betting against Iowa State. They had TCU in the points. I thought that was asinine because, yeah, Iowa State was 1-2 coming into this game. They're 1-3. They're on the road, I believe, in Stillwater this weekend. But this is a good football team. I still think it's the best defense in the Big 12. It's the offense that's been a problem. Just zeb nolan he's had some good moments he's had some not so good moments um, still, the offensive line's been an issue at times, blocking for guys like David Montgomery, who should be having a more productive season than he's had so far. yeah, Iowa State's the best one in three team in the country if that if that makes you feel any better jack i mean I, I'm with you, I think they are better than a one in three team. They obviously would be two in three right now had they played their opener against South Dakota State. that game was canceled by lightning so I'm looking at this game and I'm saying to myself, or this team and I'm saying to myself, they're certainly not one in three. People are going to underestimate them. But also, it doesn't have that same feel as last year for the Cyclones. It still doesn't. And I don't know how Matt Campbell gets that mojo back if it's just a lack of that senior leadership that this team had last year with guys like Joel Lanning at linebacker and Alan Lazard um, and I'm forgetting the left tackle who's a local kid right now who we interviewed on the podcast last year, Jake Campos. You know, if it's just missing those guys, that leadership in the, in the locker room that they had last season, that might be part of it. I don't know. But I think that this is a team and this is a program that is still very good. And Matt Campbell's a great coach, and he's got this thing going still in a positive direction. But it is not the team of last season. It just doesn't have that feel to the team of last season. And that's a little bit concerning. It is, and they go to Stillwater this weekend, I believe it is. And you look at that game, and you say to yourself, um, you know, Oklahoma State is good. They're going to be home. They play very well in Stillwater. They're going to need a win. And Iowa State's also going to be desperate for victory. You know, I mean, they're going to really want to go out there and get that win. So I'm trying to really quick quickly pull up the schedule for next week. Of course, my computer is deciding to uh, not cooperate. But, yeah, I believe that's what the schedule looks like for next week as it's Oklahoma State hosting Iowa State. Got the Red River rivalry as well, and that's going to be a good one to keep an eye on. Of course, that's probably the game of the year thus far in the Big 12. I mean, it's not even close. I wish they were both undefeated. I really do. Uh, They should both be undefeated. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And, you know, either way, it's going to be a fantastic game to follow and to watch, and we're going to have college game day there as well. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys joining us on Periscope, YouTube, and also Facebook Live. And we will be uh, joining you each and every week at this time, recapping the week that was in the conference. So next week, we got Kansas at West Virginia as well, K-State at Baylor, and Iowa State at Oklahoma State. So the sandwich games there on either side The Red River rivalry and then Iowa State at Oklahoma State are obviously going to be the two games that we all want to be keeping the closest eye on here this coming weekend. Thanks for joining us, guys. Please do uh, share this on Facebook. Share this on Periscope. We appreciate that. And we'll talk to you throughout the week. Be sure to check us out at heartlandcollegesports.com. And any final questions, comments? All right, Doug asked me if West Virginia and Oklahoma are undefeated when they play and they split to the champ game. Will the Big 12 make the playoff? Great question, Doug. I think that that is going to be decided based on who else around the country is doing what at that time. If there are multiple one-loss teams vying for a college football playoff spot, I think Oklahoma with one loss has a very good chance. The key is who has the win in the championship game. That's the more interesting angle because at that point, if they each have one loss and they split games against each other, then don't you have to go with who the champion is? Don't you have to do it then? Wouldn't that then settle the difference between these two teams? Well, they both have one loss. They've split their two games against each other. And let's go with the conference champion. Yeah, I think that's probably the way you have to do it. That's probably the best way you're going to have to decide that. Also, what could end up coming back to bite West Virginia? I hate to say this. But that lack of a game against NC State, which would have been a really good non-conference win against a quality Wolfpack team, not having that type of a non-conference game and win could come back to bite them a little bit. Tennessee stinks, um, and and that was kind of it for the non-conference since they missed that other big game against NC State. I don't know where that factors in. But I do believe that ultimately you're going to have to find yourself in a situation where whoever is the conference champion – meaning wins that game in early December is going to be the half, the one that you are more likely to consider for the college football playoffs. So a lot until we get to that point, but it's an interesting question, Doug, that I think a lot of people are going to have to uh, potentially sort out in right about two months from now. Thanks for joining us, guys. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Please do check out the site, share this video. We appreciate that. We appreciate you, and we'll chat with you soon.